My name is Joke Russell, and you are listening to the Blue Record Podcast. Yeah. Check it. Yeah. We in this together. A spell when night is a warrior fighting for justice. We can never be silent, so yeah, we causing a ruckus. Lift our voices up to bring injustice down. Speaking truth to power. We loving the sound, undaunted by the fight, love is all we need. It's time to clear out the air so we all can breathe. Ain't no stopping us, we stick together. This bond is gonna last forever, marching every day until we free. That's our buried treasure. Y'all thought that Ananda and Princess's conversation was good. Well, today we got a little spicy um, TBR after dark episode for y'all today. And we have some blue record baddies on the call. Um, would y'all like to introduce yourself? We'll start with our fabulous director. Please don't hate me. Thank you so much, Joe, for that wonderful intro. As you all know, and for those who do not, I am Shaquavia Strawn, the 2021-22 director of the Blue Record Podcast. Yeah. And then we got Jerry on the call. Come on, come on. Let us know who you are. Hey, y'all. Oh, my God. I'm on the Blue Record. Oh, my God. Hey, y'all. My name is Jerry Waititi. I am one of the brand artists for the blue record for the 2021-2022 school year period. Hey, I'm happy to be here. One of you, the Jerry. best, one of the best, let me tell you, our part one of Big Alumni Energy, our graphic was created by none other than Jerry, the phenomena, the greatest. So shout out to her. And last, yeah. but certainly not least, mm-hmm. our lovely Jacoby. Hi, I'm live, y'all. I <laughs> am y'all's editor-in-chief for the editorial staff, so when y'all see a blog post, hey, that's me making that happen. Shout out to Period. Jacoby for stepping up in that role. Love for that. And I'm going to kick it back to Joke because she's hosting, not me. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Shay, for passing it back to me. I just want to give everyone a rundown of today's episode. So like Shay said, this is a part two of the Big Alum Energy episode. Today, we'll be doing an overview, a recap of all four years of our Spelman experience. We're going to talk about the highs, we're going to talk about the lows, and everything in between. So to kick off this discussion, TBR style, We're going to start with a mental health check. So how are y'all doing? How is like, is it week one or week two of alum, of alumhood now? What is it? Oh, it's week two. We're going into week two. Yeah. It's kind of insane. insane. I'm not going to hold y'all. Like, I feel like the past few weeks of my life have been very chaotic. Um, and everything is happening to me at once and everything in, ha- in the world is happening all at once and it's really hard to process and so I've been sitting down and trying to like slowly like okay this happened what does this mean for me and I've had some harsh realizations 
recently, I'm not going to lie. But, um, yeah, it's been definitely a very chaotic few weeks. So that's where I'm at. What do y'all, where are y'all at? What is it giving? I think I'm traumatized by school, honestly, because sometimes I'll be like, oh my God, I have something to do. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I graduated like two weeks ago. I don't have anything to do. And I hope this is like a universal feeling, please. Jacoby, I've been I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok say stuff like that. So you're definitely not alone. But as soon as I finished finals, I said, baby, Spelman, Spelman cannot bother me any longer. No, I finished. I'm done. I can't. No, I cannot. Like, I don't check Outlook anymore. I should delete the app. I should block it on my computer. Um, you know, right now it's giving, it's giving um, unbothered. We close that chapter. I am personally done. Spellman could try to drag me back, but I am not going. So that's how I feel. But continue, Jacoby. Continue, continue. Oh, no, no, I, I was just going to say, oh, was that Shay? Yeah. No, I'm just about to say I completely agree. Like, finals week, I kept having nightmares about things that I already had done. And I was like, this isn't healthy. This is not a healthy relationship that me and Spellman have. And so once I graduated, it felt like a weight lifted off me. It felt like we <clears throat> ended this journey full circle. And this retrograde energy has been very weird. Because a lot of um, old situations, a lot of old feelings are trying to dress themselves back up. And I feel that in this moment of time, like, I have all the closure I need, especially after graduation, especially the chaos of graduation and people's names not being read, people's names not being read right. A lot of, you know, technical difficulties. It kind of was so... It was so timely. It was so just. It was encapsulating all the chaos of being at Spelman, especially during COVID, virtually. Like, if there's one token taken from virtual Zoom U, it is things not being done right, technical difficulties. Students getting messed over, so. (laughs) Yeah, let's take take a moment to reflect on graduation, commencement, senior week, all of those good things. So I don't, I'm not sure if Princess and Ananda got a chance to. So um, we are the first class in like two whole years to have an in-person graduation and a whole senior week. Like we were able to do that. And uh, for me, like everybody said, senior week, it was fun for the first time in my life. I felt adult. Like I got, I got the car. I don't know. My dad randomly was like, oh, oh yeah, you can, you can have the car. And I was like, wow, I've been here in Atlanta. You and I have both been in Atlanta this entire time. And you've never made this offering before. So I was mobile for the first time ever. That was a little scary, but we did it. We were driving. Um, I finally went out and that sense of freedom for me was nice and refreshing because because of school and everything else AUC and extracurricular wise, I was never like out and about. And senior week, it was fun to like let my hair down and finally be outside. That was a lot of fun. Um, family coming down for graduation, chaos there. But at the end of the day, 
it was a very beautiful event. So where so where should we start, y'all? Should we? I think I, I want to start with the beginning of the semester because when you go to the beginning of the semester, everyone had like we had our anxieties on high. We had all these expectations about how the semester was going to go for for a multitude of reasons, um, social, political, and just you know extracurricular wise, and to see how chaotic it got how everyone was running around like chickens with their head chopped off, trying to gather the last mementos of Spelman, the last mementos of the AUC um, before they left. It made me think about um, why. Why do we create a Spelman plan? And why do we stretch ourselves out with all these expectations? And who actually benefits from the expectations that are so unrealistic that we strive for? Because at the beginning of the semester, I didn't even, I was so stressed out doing my thesis. I don't know why I wanted to be so rigorous. rigorous. Why did I want to be so um, a scholar? I didn't think that that was smart. I only had one brain cell left. And so I'm very confused about why I did that. But <laughs> just the stress of trying to excel while also still being in that pandemic, still dealing with the residual effects of COVID on the mental, emotional, physical health of all of us and still be productive, I think is something that we should discuss when we talk about this semester. Because, you know, they always tell us, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. But finishing strong is very difficult in this climate. And so there's a lot of situations that happened that made me reevaluate, you know, what it means to be fulfilled once you graduate. Um, a question that has always guided me since my first homecoming in 2018 was what kind of alum do I want to be? Um, do I want to be fulfilled the, the, um, alone with the RV giving drinks to underage kids? Or <laughs> do I want to be the alum who's alone, who's striving to get back those friendships that was lost and to have regrets? So this semester was all about me working through that and also working through being okay with the unknown because literally up until late April, I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> and a lot of my peers were like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a gap here because I have no options. No options want me. And it's sad that we framed it that way because I want us to stop framing things as, oh, why didn't they choose me? Instead of saying, this is a redirection. This is it for me. Um, not just about post-grad, but also about things that happened while we were in undergrad. So again, just a, the theme is like the busybody-ness, the anxiety, the stress. And, it, and I just hate that it didn't allow us to be our full selves. So let me know how you feel about that. How do you feel about this semester from top to bottom? Um, I can say for me personally, that has been something that I have been reflecting on heavy now that I have the time to sit down. I feel like coming into um, the like the spring semester, I was like, okay, well, I, I don't have any more time. So anything that I wanted to do, I don't have time to do it now. Like I, I only have limited time to do it now, I should say. So I, I remember starting off like the entire school year, like I'm going to do everything.
that I wanted to do that I didn't have the chance of doing before. And I'm, I'm going to join everything. I'm going to try everything. I'm just going to do everything and just like give it my last, like, you know, good shot. Um, but after the fall semester, I didn't give myself ample time to recuperate and to come back to myself because, you know, like you go home and then you have to be around family and you know, you can't always be, I, I felt like I, could, I couldn't I could always be myself around my family or come back to myself because I'm always having to perform for them or, you know, do some type of like, like labor for them, even though like, you know, it's not like the same as other, like more harmful things. Um, I just felt like I, I was, I was continuing to do work, 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 work. And coming into the, the spring semester, I just felt like I was going to burn out. I had a feeling in my head. I was like, I'm going to burn out soon. And I don't know when it's going to happen. And I don't know what I need to do in order to prevent that from happening. But I ha I'm going to burn out. But I don't have time to burn out because I have a thesis. I have all these uh, uh, roles that I, I, I'm in that I need to make sure I'm doing good work for. I um, had a job. Um, I had all these things that I was like, okay, I have to do all of these things. I have to make sure I do them well. I don't actually have time to sit and burn out and feel all my feelings. Um, and so I feel like technically speaking, it could be said that I finished strong, but I don't feel that because I felt like I wasn't in my, I wasn't grounded in myself. I wasn't centered in myself. I wasn't within myself. I wasn't focused on, you know, savoring each moment. I wasn't focused on um, really being present for everything. I was just like, I have to get through everything. Like everything needs to, I just need to get through it. I need to get through it. I need to, it needs to be done. And then after it's done is when I can worry about how I feel. Um, and that is not good because I'm a human being. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've like part of like, like I, I think about like towards the end of the semester, I was trying to like, um, balance, like finishing my thesis. And like, I had all these ideas for my thesis. I had been working on this thesis since the summer before. I was like, yeah, I'm about to eat this thesis up. And I'm looking at my thesis like I have no idea what I'm, I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, did I even do myself justice? And that's like one thing that I was talking to my advisor about is that I said, I worry that I didn't do myself justice with this. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't make myself proud with this work. I just, I just did it to finish it so I could, you know, finish it. It's still, you know, the general things that I found, my general findings, but I didn't dig as deep as I wanted to, that I, I know I wanted to, because I had been doing all the work for months um, to, for this thesis. And so I felt really bad about that. And it was something that like really kind of carried with me. I was trying to, you know, rationalize and say, you know, it's okay. You know, you did the best with what you had, you know, you did, you know, what you could do. Um, given like how everything has been going. So I don't know. I, I, I'm at the, I'm, when I think about like the past semester, um, I felt like I was trying to move through burnout without like kind of accepting the fact that I was not okay. and <laughs> Like I wasn't good and things weren't going well at all. And like internally, but um, externally things seemed fine. So I was like, if everything seems fine right now, then I should be good, but I wasn't good at all. So that's kind of where I, what I was thinking about, I guess. Jerry, I'm glad that you had this time also to rest and reflect because, you know, this entire year has been super hard. And a lot of us have been moving on autopilot or just like 
because there's so many things on our plate, we just had to go, 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 go. Like we don't have enough time to break down or because we're all just in shambles. So I'm glad that like alumni hood has afforded you this space, this piece to like look back on <clears throat> senior year. I, um, you said some things that really interested me. One of them was finishing strong. I, I too wanted to finish strong. Like, I feel like if you would have talked to me junior year, I had this expectation that I would have this glorious finish. I would present um, honors thesis, some sort of melon thesis that just made me so proud. And I would feel like a genius and da 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 da. <laughs> My first semester was already very rough. Oh, child, it was rough. And we talk, we've talked about that on the Blue Record before. But first semester, I felt like Spellman dragged me to Atlanta against my will. And, you know, we did all the adulting. We did all of the mourning and adjusting and grieving and adapting that we could. But it was bad. We were, we were down bad first semester. Second semester... With grad school, getting those responses, trying my hardest to negotiate a gap year. For me, for me, after first semester, no, after junior year summer, when I was doing everything in the entire world, I knew coming into senior year, I need a gap year. I was like, I'm tapped out already, no. But lots of my mentors were like, Joe, apply, apply to grad school. We think that you are such a great candidate. Don't let this go. Now's your time. Now's your opportunity. And I said, baby, this may be my moment, but I am not ready. I am like, I can barely make it through class. What do I look like sitting here in a PhD program? I can't even type a little discussion post. I can't Hello? give you 250 words. So what are we doing? Discussion post. <laughs> tap in. No, tap in jokes. Tap in. <laughs> So I, I was like that person fighting with my life for a gap year, fighting these institutions to see me, like shouting to my professors and family, like a gap year is not a foul word. I don't think I'm wasting my life, but I would love to see myself with rest and like reimagine my path instead of like taking a prescription. First semester, that was not received well. Second semester, things started to work in my favor, favor, and I did receive a deferral from Northwestern, which was amazing. Now, second semester, the challenge was like coming back to write all the 15-page papers in the world in my senior year, and I felt silly. I was like, babe, who advised you? Why are you taking all these seminar classes with all this writing? So... You know, we we struggled through finals week, and um, while I was doing a semester's worth of coursework in a week for like two of my classes, I realized this is not my best work. That's absolutely okay. But I mean, for a whole four years at this college, I've tried my best. I know that I've been a good student. I've been, I've, I've tried my hardest to have a stellar performance. 
I've went above and beyond. And this one finals week during my senior year is not going to define me. Like, this one, this is a testament to my resilience because finals week, I also got COVID. So I was sitting here coughing, typing up these 15-page papers, and I was like, <laughs> it's okay. It is okay. As long as we finish, it's done. And I, I felt like, for me, I had to release myself from finishing strong. I, I tried to, like, look, look back and find other ways to think about my performance and how I was honoring myself. I really could have given up because I was very close to being like, well, actually, I don't know if we're walking across stage. And graduating for me, I was very anxious about it because I had, I took an incomplete um, in one of my courses. I was just super behind, trying my hardest to keep up with things. And I, I was just like, I don't know, y'all. I don't know if I'm going to graduate. And through my Spelman siblings, my professors and everybody, we made it through, we finished, and that was amazing. So I had to like, I found strength in other places. Was this my best GPA yet? No. Was this my best academic performance? Hell no. But are we done? Yes. And for me, that's what matters. <clears throat> that is all that matters. It's just in the same how we got thrown into complete unprecedented times for the 15,000th time as, you know, 20 somethings, we've been through so many, you know, world history, historical events. And it's just like going into freshman year, all I wanted to do is whoa and swag surf <laughs> and participate in dorm wars. And now we're, you know, adulting. And so my question is, let's take the rewind, let's go backwards, and let's go to freshman year. Oh, God. <laughs> the trauma. The trauma. No, the trauma. I know. No, uh... <clears throat> freshman year, us. What were your expectations coming in? Like, you know, we get invested in the culture of the AUC. That's why we chose Spelman. Spelman chose us, but we chose Spelman because we wanted to be in the siblinghood. Um, but what cultural traditions and artifacts do you think were harmful? Because we Ooh, that's a good we one. we learned a lot of things. We learned and we co-opted and we were conditioned to believe certain things coming in freshman year. What do you believe we could have done without? Um. Okay, I'm gonna tell myself because freshman year I did not want to go to Spelman. I wanted to go to UT Austin because that's where like everybody in my graduating class was going. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll go. It'll be fun, like Kiki, with the white people, and it'll be fun. But um, yeah, I did not want to go to Spelman, so I have no expectations whatsoever about going, and. The most harmful thing I would say is that expectation that um, all these other places have around you. Like Morehouse has this expectation around you, Clark has this expectation around you as a Spelman student. And to be fair, like freshman year, 
being like a Spellman freshman, those Morehouse men were all over you. And it was really overwhelming. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I don't like this. And um, they would be all over you with that like forefront, you know, if that makes sense, that you're a Spellman student. And, like, me, as a Morehouse man, I need to go after this Spellman student because, like, that's the whole Morehouse and Spellman. And I also think that, um, what is it, that toxic hustle culture? I think that was really great because I remember texting my mom during one of those presentations during NSO freshman year. And I'm like, all these girls are doing big things already. I'm not really doing anything. Like, I literally just graduated high school. Like, all these girls are internships and jobs and they're talking about writing a resume i had never written a resume before coming to spelman i didn't know what i was doing and like i texted my mom and i was like mm, like am i behind like me as a freshman during orientation am i behind so i think we really need to work on that like hustle culture in spelman's like gates yeah um for me coming in i as a freshman i was like i want to try new things i want to meet new people i don't want to be the same old minnesota you know woodbury minnesota white uh, 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 wash city everything jerry i want to be i want to i want to grow into who i am i want to explore different options because i felt like where i was coming from in minnesota was very limiting sorry and very violent very very violent and so i was just like i was looking forward to new experiences i was looking forward to coming into a space where i felt like i could grow um, as a person and i joined a few activities at Spelman, I joined the Miss uh, Miss Freshman pageant and I joined Stroll. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll meet new people. Uh, like these would be really fun. Like I'm gonna get to know, I'm really gonna be in the culture for real. And I would like to say that both of those experiences specifically, I will say actually the pageant and like, like the pageant was very detrimental to like my entire like storyline as a person you feel like you have like a villain or you know people always talk about a villain origin story i feel like that was not necessarily my villain origin story but that was a life altering part of my storyline because that pageant through that pageant i experienced yes it was fun like i met new people i had like i have like really good friends still that i met like during that pageant um not only like at morehouse but at clark and at spelman as well but the type of behaviors that were allowed at during like you in that pageant and within the pageant space at Morehouse um, was not acceptable and it was not good and it was very harmful. It was incredibly harmful. And like um, it had it like kind of, I guess, ruined the way I viewed myself and you viewed my uh, role, I guess, in the AUC. Um, and so. I would and like it. It just messed me up all all together. Um, and stroll was also fun, but also it was very like taxing emotionally, mentally, and physically. Obviously, because you're doing a lot of like the whatevers. And I I I really did enjoy stroll. Um, but again, like the idea that, like the one thing that I kept hearing throughout both of those um both of those activities was that everything in the AUC is a haze everything in the AUC requires a specific type of sacrifice. 
in terms of like your emotional, mental, and physical uh, stability and well-being. And so you have to ex you have to expect that. So don't try to join anybody's club. Don't try to join um, any of these big organizations. Don't try to join SGA. Don't try to join anything anywhere because people will treat you. They will harm you in this specific way. Um, and so if you can't stick this out, if you can't sit here and take all of this stuff and, and, and kind of sacrifice a part of yourself to that stuff, to the AUC, to the activity, then you should just leave it alone. And so that's, that's one thing that like I heard throughout both of those processes. And like there were, it was like, at the end of the day, I think I look back on it. It was fun. Like I had a good time. I was, you know, shaking, shaking my, shaking my body. Acting like I had no home training, you know, having a great time. No, I was having, I was having a ball, but unfortunately, um, it came at a price. And so like now that I reflect on my four years, I think about how harmful the, that idea that, um, everything should come with a cost. And I feel like that is like permeated throughout everything in the AUC. Like, um, the idea that you should, you should be, uh, for a lack of a better term, hazed. You should have to go through that rough part. Um, until I started, and like, I feel like that's still like a popular idea um, within different different places, specifically within pageants as well at Morehouse College. Um, and when I write my book, I need y'all to read it because the things, I like I could go on all day about pageants at Morehouse College. Um, but again, very interesting ideologies um, as it relates to, sacrifice and um what you need to do in order to get to where you need to be where you want to go like the things that you have to be willing to do in order to get to where you want to go jerry i can testify to first year jerry because i don't think i've ever told you this but like one of my memories of you is first year and i think we were we were at some type of morehouse spring fest i don't know in front of graves and I just remember seeing you and you were just tearing it up. And I was like, wow, I love like being able to see people having fun and you were just having so much fun. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. So thank you. Yeah, I, was having a ball. I mean, freshman year, I yeah, was, young Jerry I was shaking, shaking the body. Yes. <laughs> and it was glorious. I also want to like, I, I stand beside you when I, when you say pageants are harmful. And as Ms. Spellman, I tried my hardest to have like an open conversation about how pageants can be harmful, especially for students who are mar marginalized, who don't fit into the like stereotypical pageant box. Um, I had this event, it was a pride panel for LGBTQ students on campus. And during my reign, I had so many queer and trans students come up to me and tell me that they wanted to get involved in pageant culture in the AUC. And I was like, I want you to go for it. I'm proud of you, but be selective with what you do. Every, I don't think every organization, every pageant is one that will cherish you or nurture, nurture you and your gifts. And I think as a queer trans student, as a student who, is on the margins, you gotta navigate pageant culture a little differently. One, I think you have to think about who makes you comfortable? What are you comfortable with? Um, I, also, I also urge students, if you wanna get involved in pageant life, 
think about like who you are and if this organization values that. Don't just jump at any opportunity. If you like to wear your nails long, if you like a fresh set, make sure that pageant will allow you to be you and um, move, move accordingly. If, if this pageant or if this organization says that they're an inclusive organization, at that interest meeting, you need to come with questions for them. Like in your interview, you need to be like, well, okay, how did you treat so-and-so and so-and-so in the past? Um, when I talked to this student, they had these concerns. How have you worked on it? Lots of times we enter this pageant space with like all of this gratitude for the organization for being chosen. But like, nah, you were chosen for a reason. You, you've served your community. You're a great student. A change agent in your own rights. Campus needs you. And campus needs you as a full person in good health, mentally, physically, in all those ways. So, I mean, if y'all ever want to chat about how to, how to navigate pageant life, I'd love to talk to y'all about it offline. But yeah, I, I just agree with you, Jerry. For me, with Miss Spellman too, in the back of my, no, this wasn't in the back of my head, but this was like something just a reoccurring thought. This was a concern of mine. With being Miss Spellman, I felt like I stepped into a femininity that just, I felt, was a little expired for me. Like I said, my first, my first semester senior year, I was very depressed, and I felt like I carried that with me in my hair, in my fro, in my clothes. Like I felt like I was a outdated version of myself. And it took like that year to gradually come into who I am and to evolve. It took like several different haircuts and different hairstyles. It took like finding my voice to be like, nah, I don't really wanna wear this dress and I don't want to be styled in this way. It took a lot. It took a year-long process to feel comfortable. And I was worried that I would be kind of stuffed into this one-size-fit-all pageant queen, campus queen type thing. And it was nice to find people who wanted me to truly be me and support me along that journey. Um, but like Morehouse, Spellman has tons of work to do when it comes to pageants, too. Um, I don't think we're perfect. I feel like we have room to grow as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, especially in terms of the culture around our connections to each other's campuses. And that makes me think about, you know, the cultural artifacts of citizenhood, not just between the two institutions, but ourselves. Um, so many group chats were made before we entered the gates. And with those group chats came the assumptions that everyone was hospitable, everyone was ready to engage in care and community, and that everyone was good people, you know. And then 
we make these relationships offline and then we come to campus and then we realize that our expectations for people are not fully thought out. And that realization came to me after we got our Morehouse brothers, after we had our sibling exchange, right? And I got someone who had a very different life from me, was a student athlete, was disconnected from, you know, this idea of this tradition in this traditional sense. For me, I was so in I was so ready to engage in it. Like, let's be siblings, let's have this relationship, let's bond. But I realized that that is an unrealistic expectation to have on a stranger. <laughs> so me and that person never talked again. Never talked again. But that person recently followed me on Instagram. So again, retrograde, bringing people back into the, the fold. But it made me think about um, how safe it is to engage in the siblinghood, especially when sexual assault and sexual violence is not um, brought to the forefront, is not reckoned with. How can we maintain our safety and still engage in this culture? Like, is it still necessary? Because I know um, in the past few years, the sibling exchange has not been mandatory. It is not on the NSO events. But when we were there, it was on the events. We engaged in it. We had this whole heteronormative event where we partner up with people and we are expected to engage in trust and care and, and like love for a person that we don't know, especially so early in our journeys. Like we don't have time to figure out who we are on campus. Like what are our interests before we're thrusted into building these relationships with people that we don't fully know. So one of my critiques of freshman year is that I wish that there was more time to seriously um, strengthen relationships, learn about people, because I feel that if that was, if that happened, if we had the time to, um, if we had the time and tools to sit and learn what a healthy interaction is, what a healthy relationship is, what abuse is, what violence is, um, and have those appropriate resources when those things occur. And I think a lot of drama and mess and a lot of situations could have been avoided. Um, so, like I said, I don't live with any regrets, but I hope that in the future, Spellman really sits with how they push and provoke students to engage in relationships with Morehouse and Clark. And even amongst ourselves, because we are all coming from different walks of life, with different ideologies that may be harmful to each other. So it's and especially harmful to us. So I wish that we could sit and really grapple with who we are, the ideas that we hold, you know, the biases that we hold, and just work to, you know, dismantle them and create a more hospitable culture. Because I know a like older Spelmanites tell us like stay away from Morehouse, stay away from Clark, like, like stay away from these men, stay away from this culture. Um, because, you know, people are packaged well. People perform nice well. And so um, I wish that I took heed to that advice, but you know, that growth is necessary. And I'm, I feel like I'm a better person because I went through those things um, and learned from them. Not that the action itself warranty growth. Like I didn't need this in my storyline. Like I didn't need this trauma, but I'm glad that I learned from it and that I can move forward in a more, you know, discerning way. 
No emphasis on this trauma was not necessary because even like when you brought up abuse and how we don't really talk about it, we should talk about like abusive friendships too because, ooh, am I going to get in trouble? Um, I had friends at Morehouse freshman year that were doing all types of like different drugs and when I would be like, no, I don't really want to do that, they would be like, well, why not? Like... I don't know, this is, like, the first time I've, like, encountered, like, that, you know, that textbook peer pressure to do something. Because usually, like, when people are, like, drinking or smoking, and I'm like, I don't really want to. They're like, okay. But no, this, like, group of, like, boys that I was friends with were like, why don't you want to do this? And then they would, like, consistently ask. And they're like, okay, we'll just do a little bit and it'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. And when I, like took a step back from the friendship because something else happened um, that was damaging to my mental health. And when I told them what happened and how this was like, this hurt my feelings, they got mad at me instead and started like cursing at me and calling me names. And I'm like, how hard is it to apologize at the end of the day? And be like, oh, we shouldn't have said this. And, but yeah, no. I think we should talk about like toxic, like all of these toxic relationships that I don't know that we can come into contact with, and even further past. I think we can come into contact with toxic teachers because um, some of these teachers need to be like I don't know. They need to lose their jobs. I'm sorry, I said it. These teachers are really toxic sometimes, especially with like the way they conduct their class and the way they treat you outside of class. Um, yeah, no, final point, yeah, no, we need to talk about these relationships, and I think, I, t- I tweeted it recently on my private, like, my fandom account, cutting off toxic people from your life is fun, and I will admit it, because standing up for yourself is amazing, and, like, yeah, there'll be a little anxiety with it, and like, yeah, like, yeah, conflict, whatever, stand up for yourself at the end of the day. Like, please stand up for yourself because if you won't do it, nobody else will. Because only you know, like, what you will put up with, what you won't put up with, like, how this hurts your feelings, and how this doesn't hurt your feelings, how you're like heroes, what you do and what you don't do. So, like, please stand up for yourself. Like, I'm begging. Do not let this, do not let people treat you like garbage, basically. Because at the end of the day, we're all here to get a degree. We're all here to get a job. So why are you moving this way when it's not necessary? You know? Um, I, no. Emphasize the text. Emphasize the audio. Truly, um, I think the Zoom you really, like, illuminated how people are disconnected from reality. People are choosing to be delusional. And as a resident delusional person, who is often delusional about things that are sometimes unattainable, but they are manifested. I think their delusion is not good. And yes, there are certain kinds of delusions that are bad. And I think that Zoom you, COVID really gave people the audacity to encroach upon your space, your boundaries, your time, because they felt that because you're at home, oh, you have so much time to do this, whether that's professors, whether that's friends. Like sometimes I ain't got it on me. I ain't got it on me. And that's my capacity. I ain't got it on me. But a lot of people were not understanding of the fact that 
we're all in a panty. We're all in a panty. We're all going through these catastrophes. And we're not able to show up in the ways. Yes, very depression. Um, we're not able to show up in the ways that we used to. And how do we change our, you know, expectations? How do we change our um, pressures to alleviate that? I don't think that that was taken into account, especially with professors, because the psych department, I have so many words for the psych department and how rigid and strict the curriculum is, the scheduling is, the professors were. Um, luckily, I was taking most of my education minor classes, and I love the education studies department. Like, they're my heart. Um, but I wish that um, these older professors, the senior professors with tenure, who, you know, are above it all, would take into account that we are going through things as well. Um, and, and not just in the oh it's COVID, but actually being young students being young professionals who are in this economic crisis health crisis mental health crisis who are trying to figure out who they're going to be in the future because you have your lives planned out you have the stability that we just do not have right now on top of grief on top of loss like thank god that my first semester junior year i had very um, caring professors at the time when I lost my brother and my grandfather because if I had not I would not be graduating with you all I would not have been here but it was the grace of those professors that helped me you know advocate for myself and my mental health and say I ain't got it on me right now I need space I need time I cannot produce this content for you I can't produce this work for you so that you can feel that you are productive that you have control because essentially a lot of the power tripping that was occurring was because they were losing control over their normal. And we were all losing control over our normal. But I wish that conversation was open. I wish that conversation was had on our campus to where we could sit with our professors and our administration and be like, we understand that you're going through things, but you need to understand our side. And I just think that Zoom you really put us in boxes, literally, to where that those concerns weren't taken into account and I hate that for us because genuinely I feel that from 2020 to 2021 all of that was blocked out it's a black hole in our time like I feel that I've gra- I'm a graduating sophomore <laughs> I'm a graduating sophomore and how do I reckon with that that I feel that my development was completely massacred mm-hmm. like Changed all massacred through this pandemic. Like, how do I reckon with that? Ooh, y'all speaking words today. Y'all decided to come and speak words today because that's exactly what I feel like I've been <laughs> dealing with and like, um, kind of grappling with that feeling as well. A thing that I also did not like during Zoom U is having to prove, um, prove that you are experiencing trauma or mm-hmm. prove that you are um, experiencing grief. Um, like that in order and in that in order to receive grace like I have to prove to you I have to have evidence proof I have to have death certificates or obituaries to show you that I need an extension on this paper until the end of the semester and I cannot turn it in this week because if I were to just email you as my professor as somebody who um you know, like we are going through this experience together. We are experiencing the semester together and all like the twists and turns that come with it. Um, instead of me coming to you and saying, 
hello, like, this is what's going on in my life. Please, like, I, I can't do this right now. Um, you know, the response is, uh, well, try better next time. Or, you know, mm, I, I mean, I need to hear it from um, the dean. Like, I, you need to hear it from somebody who you think is credible instead of me telling you myself. And not only in order to prove that it is credible, I have to pull up all of these receipts to prove to you that I'm in a moment of grief right now and that I'm going through something that I shouldn't be going through um, and that nobody should be going through. And so that, I think, was also something that I was just like, I never thought I would have to prove to somebody that something bad is happening to me. And, like, I felt like, I like... I, I feel like that idea of having to prove that something is wrong and prove and show like evidence for it. I feel like that is, that was something that even I think carried into like in-person semesters um, and, and like uh, in different ways. But yeah, that was something that I felt like could have not been happening at all. That should not be happening. Um, yeah. No, because emphasis on um, what she said about the president, the, not president, I don't know what I'm thinking. The professors with tenure, because disclaimer, these are, my, my major is English. I love the English department. Amazing people. Love them. Anytime I talk like trash about a professor, it's from the STEM departments. Because I was miserable over there. I was miserable. I was in class doing Zoom U. And it was during, like, that semester where we had a break, you know? Like, it was a random, like, Thursday, Friday off that we got. And one of my teachers was trying to give us a quiz. And we told, this is a STEM teacher, okay? And we were like, we have a break that day. We don't have class. And this man literally asked us, and he's like, on what grounds? And we're like, the school grounds? Like, the school gave this to us? And when I say this man got so mad... And he just ended class. We were only there for 10 minutes. And he just turned off the Zoom meeting. And we were like, what is going on? Like, why? Like, I swear, Zoom made these professors crazy. Like, they, I don't know. Like, it proves who really is a good teacher and who's not. Because anybody can sit there and read slideshows to me. It's just, can you teach me what I need to know? But that's the end of my rant. Thank you for listening. So, Jacoby, Shay, Jerry, Zoom University taught us a lot. Taught us a lot about ourselves, taught us a lot about the institution um, that we go to. So, so many, so many different lessons. I want to know um, this year, in junior year, what um, lessons have you learned about yourself? How are you holding yourself accountable um, to be like more gracious, um, especially since we experience these outside pressures from our institutions, from our um, professors and family to be exceptional. So. Tell me, like, senior year expectations well, versus reality and how y'all cope My with expectations that. are always the delusional well, expectations that I have coming to every school year. I'm going to focus on school work. I'm going to be drama-free. I'm going to be peaceful. I'm going to live my best life. 
And the narrator says none of that happened. Um, I think when I came in, I already knew that it was going to be difficult <laughs> because I spent my time grieving with them within my community at home. And now I'm being thrusted into renting an apartment and being an adult and commuting to school and being a senior and all the extracurricular responsibilities that I decided to take on. I had to figure out how to juggle all of that. I had to figure out how to not get roped back into toxic behaviors and methods of coping. That is so difficult. It is so difficult to not cope through online shopping when you know you need to be saving for rent and to not, you know, ghost or not to shut down. Because, you know, the real test of growth is to be able to replicate it, to continuously put into practice the things that you learned from the mistakes that you made. And so coming to senior, I was like, okay, I am above it all. You know, throughout the, the virtual Zoom U, we've seen a lot of like traditions kind of falter, a lot of things that we were holding on to and thinking were important we're not, you know, stable. We're not um, viable in the virtual setting. So now we're coming onto campus and trying to figure out how to revitalize these cultural traditions, how to revitalize our organizations, how to be, you know, present. And my expectation was that I was gonna be extremely present. I was gonna be everywhere and do everything. And then I shortly realized that I was burnt out and that I could not be present at everything, that I could not show up for everyone when I had not shown up for myself, that I had not taken the time to care for myself. And that showed up and me um, not doing my best in friendships and a real um, sign of accountability is realizing where you were not the best at. Um, and not putting pressure on yourself to be the best at it, but also being honest and being vocal about your capacity. And I wasn't, I was fighting against it for so long. Like I can, I can show up, I can do it, I can, I can be here. And then realizing that I couldn't and realizing that it was harmful to just continuously not show up. So my accountability was with, you know, restructuring how I show up for myself and for my friendships, for my relationships. Um, putting myself first in theory and in practice, because sometimes we say, I'm putting myself first, I'm gonna do what's best for me. And in reality, we're still doing things that are harmful to ourselves. The reality of this school year was that all the plans that I had, all of the mood boards that I made, nothing on those mood boards came true. Not a single thing, but in its wake, in its you know place, true accountability was gotten you know things that needed to happen happened and now you know everything's falling into place you know every time i stress out my mom is like you know everything's gonna work out and it always does but this semester really tried me this school year really tested my faith in myself and my faith in the higher being because it was extremely tough because and it's a consistent feeling amongst all of us, our classmates. When I ask people, are they okay? How are you feeling? It's always, mm, 
I'm not feeling it. I'm not here. I'm not good. I'm just on autopilot. I'm burnt out. I don't know how to maintain my friendships. I don't know if my friendships are going to be maintained. I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain my mental stability that I've been holding on to on autopilot for all these years. Because we're going to go outside these gates, outside of our comfort zone. And that post-grad depression is real. And I feel like a lot of people were feeling the beginnings of it, like the, the, the cloudiness, the calm before the storm. And then we started to realize like, oh my God, I need to settle these affairs. And these affairs meaning closing chapters that we had opened, you know, selling friendships, making sure that we um, said all we said and did what we all could do to be fulfilled. And so my reality is that, you know, true closure came from the hardest situations. True accountability came from grief and dying a thousand deaths through the pain. You know, not saying that pain is necessary. Like, I hate struggle love. I hate tough love. I hate the, the ideas that we have to struggle to get some salvation. But I also know that, you know, you're not going to learn anything by not living. So that's what I had to go through. So the question is, can you talk about, like, your senior year expectations versus reality? My expectations for senior year was that I was going to have a lot of fun. We were going to come back because COVID, and it was going to be a lot of fun. And I was going to do a lot of stuff with, like, friends I haven't seen in a while, friends that I had seen over the pandemic. Um, yeah, I was never really a party person anyway. I was more of, like, a go somewhere and, like, go to, like, a cute restaurant and eat and have fun kind of thing. And... Yeah, my expectations got shattered pretty quickly when, like, people that I had talked to freshman year were not talking to me for some reason and would not, like, tell me why. And it's like, mm, like, I haven't done anything. Like, I don't even toot my own horn. I haven't done anything. So, like, you just moving this way and moving weirdly to me is weird. And it's like, I guess senior year was like the me coming to terms with like not everything that happens is my fault you know like sometimes people just grow apart or some people just like don't talk to you or like sometimes people just like decide they don't want to be your friend anymore there's nothing you can do about it and yeah it might hurt your feelings but like at the end of the day you just got to keep going and like that sounds horrible because we should give ourselves grace and we should be like yeah, I want to fix this relationship, but mm, sometimes it's just not in the cards, you know, and like, regarding friendships, I will say I made a lot of new friends, closer friends, like, I had friend, ladies friends, but they became a lot closer than what we were, and I'm a bad texter anyway, so the pandemic was horrible, because I was not keeping up with everybody like I should have, but, um, yeah, no, friends, the f navigating friends to me was really weird, and I feel like the pandemic proved who's ready to go into the adult world and who's not ready, because, um, this communication is important, and if you're, what are we, 21, 22, maybe 23, I don't know when y'all's birthdays are, um, if you're, but in that age and you 
can't at least acknowledge that you're not good at communicating, but you want to work on it, then there's a problem because, like I said, I'm not ready. I'm not tooting my own horn, but like I like I like to communicate with people. If I'm feeling bad and I just can't say anything to them, I'll text them and be like, "Hey, I'm not in the right mindset. Can we like do this later?" And I don't know. It just proved who's ready to have these adult conversations and who's not. And it's just really weird because mm, I feel like you can say a lot of empty words as a friend, but when you actually perform what you say you're going to perform is what actually matters. Because you can do a whole lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, if you can't, like, I don't know, say, like, hey, I'm not good today, can we um, do this later? Or if you can't say, like, hey, I need help. Or can, when, like, you clearly don't know how to do something and you can't, that was really stuttering, but if you can't say, like, hey, I need help, can you tell me, to, like, tell me how to do this? Or even if something is something like, hey, I really messed up and I'm sorry about that, you know? If you can't, like, own up to yourself and be self-aware that maybe I did mess up, that's just really weird. And I don't know, like I said, it's, this year was that seeing who's ready and who's not. And I don't know, when you're, like, not friends with somebody, it's do you really miss that person or do you miss that idealized version of that person in your head? Because that person can treat you like crap. I don't know if I can say the other word, but y'all know what I mean. That person can treat you like crap. And at the end of the day, you'll probably still miss them. Or you'll miss the little memories that you have. But is do you miss them or do you miss that idealized per- or version in your head? Because some people aren't ready to take that first step into that mindset of adult emotional maturity. Because... I don't know, friendships from freshman year, and I'm rambling a lot, and I'm really sorry about it, but relationships from freshman year of college are different than relationships senior year of college, if that makes sense. Like, we're adults now, and you need to be able to have this open line of communication to talk to somebody. Like, freshman year, you can go, like, talk to different people, like, hey, you want to go party? And you can go party with these people, and these can be, like, your party people, But I feel like we as human beings need somebody to rely on emotionally. Even if it was just one person, to rely on somebody that we'd be like, hey, can we talk? Like, I'm really not feeling good. I need somebody to talk to. And the fact that it's just, I don't know, it's just hard. I don't like it. Like, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm not friends with a lot of people that I talk to freshman year. And... Like I said, not tooting my own horn, but most of those endings was not my fault. And my friend who's really big on like like the zodiacs or whatever is like, yeah, Leos tend to blame themselves a lot. And I'm like, mm, is it the Leo thing? Or is it like, because I would talk to people and be like, did I really mess up? And they're like, no, you didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, mm. Jacoby, you're so, a Leo. Are you a Leo? No, I'm a Leo Moon. I'm a Libra. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm a Sag. So. I'm an Aries Moon. Okay, Wait. so it's, it's it's just it's just it's Jacoby and I who are Leos, the resident. Oh my god. Oh my god. Mine's July thirty first. Not a Sag. 
Oh, I'm only just 19. Okay. Yeah. Fire, fire. Okay. Honestly. Um, go ahead, Derek. But yeah. I said a whole bunch of nothing, but I'm no, saying you don't apologize. No, like literally don't apologize. Because I was, I was listening to what you were saying and it kind of like reminded me of kind of like how certain things that I, I guess, came in expecting. And so like I think about my my expectations for senior year I started feeling like senior year dread like first semester junior year I was like yeah no like my time is up like my time is up like I I had so many things that I needed to do before graduation and now it's over like I don't have time um and like one of the things that I had really worked on um at like you know during the semester at home was it's not over until it's over. I kept telling myself, it's not over until it's over. Like, it's not, it's, I'm not done until I'm done. Like, for real, until time stops. That's when I'll be done. So I still have time and that, like, you know, I, like, there's still space and opportunity for me to do whatever I wanted to do. And so, like, whether that's, like, research, whether that's um, different orgs that I wanted to be a part of, different parties I wanted to go to, and all the other things that, like, you know, come with the Spelman experience. Oh, I didn't go to this specific thing, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, and I really want to go to it. Um, you know, I, oh, I really wanted to enjoy homecoming this specific way that I didn't do before. Like, now I'm running out of time and all this other stuff. And so I made it a part of, like, my personal mantra, like, it's not over till it's over, it's not over till it's over. And um, I had worked really hard during junior year, like really like while, while we were at home, I was like, I'm, I'm literally, I'm taking names. Come senior year, I'm taking names. I, it's over with. Like I'm literally about to eat these people up. Like they're not ready for me. I'm about to reap all, like all of the things, all the rewards of that I had sowed during like junior year and all the hard work that I did there and like I was looking forward to being in Atlanta and having my own place I'm, I'm about to have my own apartment at a car I was like yeah it's up like I'm really about to be on my stuff and I as soon as I arrive in Atlanta I'm living in a hotel I'm living in a hotel for weeks because um my apartment isn't done and at the same time Yes, Catalyst Midtown, unfortunately. Um, and so I'm dealing with this and at the same time um, participating in like organizing work with other like um, folks in the AUC around housing and dealing with like the kind of harmful ways in which administration can work. Um, and like kind of work around you. And it's like a lot of these really exhausting and emotionally, uh, like emotionally overwhelming things are happening. And I'm like, okay, well, I still have time. I can still be like, you know, everything that I wanted to do. I can still do everything that I wanted to do in the same way that I was able to, like that I intended. Um, but I simply, there, was, there were times where I was like, I simply don't have the bandwidth for this. Like I simply can't do this right now. Um, and, but I still like the, the problem was I was still trying to force myself to do it. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'm still going to get everything that I wanted. Um, but things did not turn out the way that I intended. Things did not turn out the way that, um, I, I wanted them to go. And so one of the biggest things that I was just trying to work through, I guess, is like, 
it's it's I don't know. Like I'm 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 at the place where I, w- I I've really finally sat down and like thought about all of this stuff and I'm I'm thinking about like the way that I would describe it and I I described it to my close friends, shout out to y'all on Instagram, is that I feel like I finally like came back to school um after like a big event or like a movie day or a tv day they watch this super cool episode of bill nye or something or they watch this crazy movie and we're never going to watch it again and i feel like i've come back from break i've come back from something i missed a day i missed a few days of school i'm coming back and i've missed everything and i'm just sitting here listening to people talk about this stuff and talk about um their different experiences and talk about how fun it was and how exciting these things were or oh did you hear what happened with this and did you hear what you happened what happened with that and um i feel like i'm i i can't really you know engage in that discussion or engage in that discourse and it, it gets to me sometimes because I feel I feel bad. I feel like I missed out on something really big because I wasn't present within myself. And I wasn't like the same way that you're not present within a classroom or the same way you're not present within a space. Um, when you miss a few days, I felt like I wasn't present in my body and I was just moving through things because I was like, I have to get through this. Like I said before, like I, I have to get through this. I, I have to do everything. I signed up for everything. So I have to go through with everything. And whenever like something huge would happen or something that disrupted like me emotionally um or or mentally like I would say you know I just have to push through it I don't actually have time to cry right now like if I cry I have to cry and do it I have to cry and type I have to cry and get to work if I have to cry and and while I'm organizing these racks at work then I'm gonna have to organize these racks and cry silently um and so I feel like now I'm finally coming back to myself and finally coming present within myself. And I feel like I missed out on on a fun day at school. I feel like I missed out on a fun movie. I feel like I missed out on these, like, I, I guess being present within myself with in an experience like Spelman or an experience like the AUC. And it's something that's very difficult to grapple with because it's now wondering, what do I do with this feeling? What do I do with this emotion? Um, and like, what, what, what intention, like, should I, should this inspire? moving forward and so and that's another thing that i just like really wanted to work on and like be clear with is that intentions are so important and including other people within your intention or including other things within your intention um can really alter the way things go about if i'm doing something because i'm i'm when oh yeah when i pop out with this job it's over with People are finally gonna, you know, see me as me. They're gonna finally respect me as a person, or they're finally gonna understand that I've always been that girl, or I've always been that person. I'm doing my stuff. Like going in with that, that's normal. That's I feel like that's a normal thing that people want. But also, what happens when you don't get it? Like, do you then lose like who you are? Do you then become somebody that is not deserving of that respect? Do you then not become like that person that you see yourself as? Do you have to prove it to people that you are that person or that you like you know have these specific gifts and talents and skills and so it's just me wanting to work through and like move forward now understanding that um like i feel this way and i have felt this way about um my experience um and about my senior year um but like I can change that. There will be other, there are other movie days. There are other TV days. We'll watch another crazy movie at another time and I'll be there and I'll have a fun time. I'll be in class. I'll be able to kiki with everybody. And so just moving forward with that intention, I feel like 
is uh, the kind of the reality that I'm getting getting forced onto me at this point. But yeah, sorry, I talked for a very long time. I apologize, y'all, but that's how I'm feeling. Per. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to hold space for, like, how everyone feels. Like, Jerry, it's okay not to have all of these positive, rosy feelings about senior year and how we ended things. That is absolutely okay. I feel like my mentor gave me a gift coming into senior year. She told me, she was like, Joe, your legacy is already written. This is the final lap. You've done everything that you could. You did, you, you've done everything. You're just going to finish it up. And I want to extend this to everyone on the call. Like we did what we needed to do. We tried our best. I mean, it might not look super perfect when we, you know, are telling our own personal stories, but we tried our best. And I, from watching all of y'all on the call navigate Spelman, I just want to say, you did a great job. You did a great job. We can get picky at how we performed, but you know, we graduated and we, like I said, we tried our best. So I want everyone to like <laughs> extend a little love um, to themselves. We, we did the best that we could y'all. And, um, as I was going about senior week um, and graduation, I felt relieved. I felt like with alumnihood, I'm looking forward to like not having the pressure of being a Spelmanite fully on my back. Um, I've seen lots of alum like navigate the world with a little more like with bliss and comfort and freedom. And I'm looking forward to rewriting my next chapter for myself um, instead of like with a guidance counselor telling me that I need to take this path or my parents, like this is my time to make an adult decision. Um, I heard Jacoby also talking about friendships. I know, and Shay also talking about like post, um, graduation life i am sensing that you know since my friends everybody is going to be dispersed all throughout the entire world it is going to be a little difficult but because we had zoom university lockdown i feel prepared like i remember a time when i didn't even see my friends for a whole two years and i can look back at zoom university and let that be a guy, like, I'll be okay. This is gonna be difficult, but I've been through a time a little similar to this, and I'm gonna be okay. And now I have tools, language, skills to be like, hey friend, we're gonna have to do, we're gonna have to like link sometime, you're gonna have to FaceTime me, all that good stuff. In my next chapter, I'm feeling like I'm gonna be all right. It's a whole new beast, but I feel like I'm gonna be all right. And <laughs> I'm smiling about that. So, oh, thank you, Jacoby. Yeah, I want to reassure, reassure y'all, like, 
it's amazing to also have folks like Kayla and people who've already graduated from Spelman um, because I've got to see with them that like there's a sweet side to graduating from Spelman and that freedom looks very blissful. It looks it looks very appealing and I'm excited to tap in. I've, like my two weeks of alumnihood, I feel like I've been the most freest version of myself and i'm like thank god thank god to freedom woo to freedom so, <laughs> to freedom to freedom so y'all um to round this episode out i would like everyone to just say like one sentence about why they're proud of themselves and what they're looking forward to see in their next chapter. I'll start. Okay. Um, I am most proud of my resilience. Um, I am excited for this new chapter of things that I saw and I imagined. Shout out to Solange. <laughs> That album, that album literally got me through 2019 and onward. It literally is my safe space and my safe album. And I'm excited for this new journey and this new job as a researcher, being at Emory and living life with my partner and growing as an individual and growing as a sister, a friend, a lover in all ways. So that's what I'm excited about. I would say for me, I'm proud of myself um, for literally doing everything um, that I, I, I have set out to do and trying my best at everything um, and doing it well, might I add, to, uh, not, to, not to toot my own horn, but um, yes, I'm, I'm proud that I'm, I can literally do every, anything and everything that um, I put my mind to and do it to like the best of my ability. Um, the thing that I'm looking forward to, one I at the beginning of the year, I typed up a list of words uh, at the beginning of 2022, a list of words of things that I want to experience in my year. Um, and one of those words was enjoyment. I am ready for enjoyment. I'm ready. I'm literally, I'm ready. I'm ready to um, experience like the pleasure of life, to enjoy life, to have fun, to try new things like now with like the freedom that um, Jope was talking about, this alumna freedom. Who not like enjoyment? That Listen, I am there. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And so that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. It's endless possibilities, baby, period. Okay, I'm proud of my growth, yeah. Um, yeah, if you talk to anybody who knew me before I went to Spelman, complete 180. Complete 180. Like, I was whitewashed. Like, everything. The whole nine yards. I was the only black girl in my graduating class in high school. The only black girl out of 98 kids. And I had gone to the same school since, like, second grade. 
So you already know. I'm proud, so proud of my growth. Like, I know what I like. I'm not afraid to be who I am. I'm not afraid to pursue what I want. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to ask questions because, um, the worst you can hear is no. I'm sorry. The worst you can hear is no. If I want to do something, I'll be like, "Can I do this?" The worst you can hear is no, and I'm okay with hearing no. But I'm also like, "Why not?" And I'm like, I don't know. The Leo side of me is like, "But what if I do it anyways?" Like you can't stop me. I'm proud of like my academic ability to make it through Spelman. Like I never really like, I don't know. I never really thought of my academic ability as something to, um, be not afraid of, but like to doubt. Cause I know I can do it. But with this, it was like, I know I can do it. I know I can do anything I put my mind to. Like we are a force to be reckoned with. And I think I love the baccalaureate speech we had the take up space. Cause I was like, you know what? I would do that. We're going to do that. That's going to be the motto. Um, what I'm looking for next year, looking forward to next year, um, going to Case Western in Ohio to get my master's in medical humanities. I'm the only black person in my program. So we're kind of back to square one, but with a, like a new, like a new, um, the villain arc is almost over and we're emerging. You know how, um, what was that movie with Angelina Jolie? And it's like the Allison, it's not Allison Wonderland. Oh my God, y'all know what I'm talking about. Maleficent, yes. You Maleficent? Know, you know how she's walking Maleficent? around. Can I curse on here? Like, am I allowed to? Can you beep it? Like, um, you know how she was walking around being a bad bitch the whole movie? That's how I want to be. That's how my new year is going to be. Like, mm. we're Spelman alone mm. with Period. honors. I can do anything I put my mind to. Let's do it. Oh, we Period. love that. Yes. Um, For me, I'm proud of myself for returning to a sentiment that I realized my first year at Spelman. When I first came to Spelman, I... I was like kind of crushed because I wanted to run for um, president, like class council. And I was like, Joe, baby, actually pump the brakes. It's August and you already about to go for something. As Spelman, we, we just moved in here. You don't actually need to be a leader in that capacity. Slow down. And I felt like throughout my Spelman career, um, some moments I quietly like came, did what I needed to do, made my contributions. And I'm feeling like I'm stepping into my Leo-ness more and more and more each day. I'm taking up space like Jacoby mentioned. Um, I'm doing things that I want. I'm finding my voice and I, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm enjoying things. I'm finding pleasure in everything as well. So I'm, I'm proud of myself for knowing my limits, like knowing when to take a break because I can do it all and I don't want to do it all. I'm really, really proud of myself for saying like, hey girl, don't go to grad school this year. 
figure something else out because I wanted to see who I was outside of an academic setting. I wanted to see myself truly rested because um, I don't think I've gotten a taste of that yet. So yeah, I'm proud of myself for doing those things. And in my next chapter, I'm looking forward to traveling, resting, and working. And most importantly, having more intimate relationships and connections. Like, I really want to nurture friendships. And I'm excited to possibly have like more friends, good friends, moving into this next chapter. Hear you, hear you. <laughs> No, I love how you said, like, even though we're going through it, like, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be okay. Everything's going to fall into place. I love how you said that, Jerry. Uh. Yeah, that was a word. I'm so excited for you all's journey. I'm so excited for what happens beyond the gates, you know. We always talked about when and where we entered, but now we're wondering and we are questioning when and where we are going. And I'm excited for all of that. So, so thank you all for this season. And my gratitude in my heart is with you all forever for sticking through this season because it was a journey. It was a lot. And your talents are phenomenal. And anyone else and anywhere else will be lucky to have you all. So thank you. Alrighty, y'all. So thank you again for listening to the Blue Record podcast, the After Dark episode. I hope y'all have a good, a very good day. I hope you take our advice, our wisdom, our experiences, and you let and you let that guide you. Please, if you like the Blue Record, continue to listen to us on all your favorite streaming platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Blue Record. And you can check out our blog at TheBlueRecordPodcast.com. Alrighty, y'all. Take care. Smooches. Bye, y'all. Love y'all. Down. <laughs> yeah, check it, yeah We in this together Us Pelmanite is a warrior fighting for justice We can never be silent, so yeah, we causing a ruckus Lift our voices up to bring injustice down Speaking truth to power, we loving the sound Undaunted by the fight, love is all we need It's time to clear out the air so we all can breathe Ain't no stopping us, we stick together This bond is gon' last forever Marching every day until we free That's our buried treasure <laughs>